Do you hate your job? Of course you do. So do Liz and Noah. Now it's time to join their conversation so you can figure out how to quit your soul-crushing job. Welcome to another episode of When Can I Quit My Job? My name is Noah, and as usual, I'm joined by my lovely wife, Liz. Hello, Liz. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are. How are you? I think I'm doing pretty great. I mean, that's... Are you really asking? <laughs> that's as far as you'd like to get into it? Maybe. I don't know. Because of the our, the recent turmoil and strife? Yes. Our city, our home city, about three blocks from here, was doing uh, protests last night. And, with, and there's like tear gas and all that good shit. So... Seems fine this morning but there's going to be another demonstration and mm -hmm. we'll just see what happens we will yeah so we have our own complicated feelings about all the things going on as i'm sure you do too but that's beside the point that's not our topic of conversation today yeah what um, are we talking about so we just watched a dvd that you can find on infinitebanking.org called banking with life it has has Robert Murphy, Carlos Lara, uh, James Nethery, who is so. If you don't recognize the names, Car uh, Carlos Lara and Robert Murphy do the Lara Murphy show, which I've mentioned on here before, which talks about IBC, and James Nethery does a show with with Ryan Griggs called Banking with Life. And that's the other one I've recommended on here recently. And so we would just watch the DVD. It's, I think it was only like 20 bucks to buy or something like that. And it's like less than an hour. And it basically gives you the problem with the way banking is set up now, like commercial banking. Mm -hmm. And then it describes kind of what infinite banking is and how not only does it solve a lot of personal financing issues i guess or personal financing goals for individuals but it also if everybody did it like the larger number the more it would help solve the overall problem of fractional reserve banking which we won't go into all that right now but it's a really good it's a really good quick watch kind of overarching description of what ibc is i highly suggest it i'll link to it we talked about it a little what what were your thoughts on the DVD? Um, well, I really like the visual aspect of it, so I have not read the book. Um, so that's definitely which book on my to-do list. Becoming the, your own becoming banker. Becoming your own banker. Sorry. Okay. The, when I so the book that is the book. Yeah, it's like the Bible of IBC. Yeah. So I haven't read that, and I've pretty much shame on you learned about things through you. It's a one-night so, read, so yeah, it is shame on me. It's true. Yeah. So I liked just how visual it was and that it gave you a little bit of a history of some of the things that have happened since the Federal Reserve was created. So that was just helpful for me, put it into some context, because I'm also not really great on like history and mm -hmm. learning about that kind of thing. Right. So learning about that thing like naturally, and I don't really seek out that information like 
by myself that right. often. So, did you feel so? The beginning was, I'd say, probably a little more technical than most people's understanding of just the general economy and Federal Reserve and things like that. Did you feel lost at any point during that? Oh, um, not really, because it's not a deep dive. Right. And we've talked about it a lot, too. So even if I haven't right. read the book or read up on economics, just with the conversations we've had, I think it was pretty easy to follow. Yeah. yeah. And so they're all, they're all talking about it from the Austrian perspective, the Austrian school of thought uh, of economics. And so I think you are a little more... You know a little bit more about that than your average Joe, and I think they kind of went into it just a little bit more than the average Joe is used to, so yeah, maybe if you'd never heard it, you might have been lost in a couple of places, but I felt like, felt like they did a good job of kind of describing what it was and the perspective and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, up until a couple of years ago, I didn't know there were different theories of economics. I thought there was just economics mm-hmm. and like micro and macro. Economics. Right. Like I thought yeah. it was like, like how there's math. There's right. economics. Yeah. Like, so I and never. And that's kind of, I mean, it's almost kind of true, but yeah. Right. Well, yeah. So I just didn't know there were like competing theories and. Right. Like schools of thought. I didn't until, either. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't what, either. Five until, years ago. Yeah. Maybe like five years ago. So, um. So even that, like, you're right, like, I mean, maybe I'm only slightly ahead of the curve just because of that. Mm-hmm. Right. But. Well, you know what the Federal Reserve is and what fractional reserve banking is mm-hmm. and, like, maybe not how it all functions and everything, but you know you're aware of it and yeah. kind of some of the implications of it. Yeah, so it would be interesting, like, if one of my sisters watched it or something who I don't believe has knowledge about mm, this like yeah if it would be a little bit lost on them like or above could their you heads. even get them to sit down and watch it like would they be just bored out of their gourds watching it well it's it's really it's short so i mean i think if i really yeah. asked them like i could like beg them to watch it and be like yeah <laughs> yeah like for me watch this it's not even an hour right yeah i could just i could see and it's not exciting. Like, I mean, I got a little drowsy, but that's because we were on our couch. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it's not like this very exciting, like, video. Right. I mean, it's eye-catching yeah. with, like, in the sense that they use, like, graphics and visuals, but it's not yeah. like... Yeah, there's not explosions it, and yeah, or car chases or... <laughs> there's not, like, a, a storyline you're following or anything. It's, it's kind of like a documentary style kind of thing interviews yeah so yeah i could see how it would be very boring like here's a an hour-long financial like <laughs> video it's, it's more exciting than a lecture than if you're in a lecture right hall, but it's not as exciting or entertaining it's mm-hmm. not like entertaining is maybe the word as right. a movie it's not meant to entertain right but it's it's better than like for me like an audio book because i still like struggle with just like listening and mm-hmm. then also better than like a lecture hall with yeah one guy like when i think of like kind of a stereotypical boring type lecture hall yeah to me it is actually exciting and i think to financially minded people who begin to realize the implications of what they're saying well that's exciting we geek out on it so yeah we do do. we do but um so i didn't want to just talk about that the whole time i just kind of wanted to 
give her our thoughts on that because that was actually this is the third time I've watched it. I watched it a couple times on my own, and uh, because even like the the book becoming your own banker it's super short it's like i mean like an elementary school workbook kind of length but it's like there it's so packed full of knowledge that like i'm sure there's plenty of passages in there that have implications i haven't even fully realized yet you know the the people who really who i'm in alignment with as far as how they do ibc and everything like that say to read it frequently like a bunch of like keep reading it and you'll keep still keep finding stuff like this guy on the movie james nethery met nelson nash 16 or 17 years ago and he's known him since then and he still reads it and he's been doing ibc for over 15 years yeah so it's that it's that's also ties into the whole you know self-education is the best investment whether it's of time or money but i thought this would be another i know we've kind of recently not too long ago kind of did a recap a synopsis of like our business and ibc and then like i i thought of a different way i don't think we've explained it and i've been realizing like how they work off of each other and feed into each other and cause what i like to think of as an upward spiral and so the two main implications well let's see i think I think we may have talked about this, you and I recently. So the main implications of what our business and what IBC, which is like our two foundational things we do with our money, each eliminates something burdensome to us. Each one eliminates something. So do you remember or can you think off of the top of your head? What does IBC eliminate for us? Needing a bank, needing to have credit. Yeah, you can roll that all into one. Okay. And then... Yeah, a bank, credit, more things we'll talk about. And Uh then what does the land business eliminate for us? Working for other people. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, yeah. So first let's talk about IBC and what we mean by that and the implications. So how does using IBC, a dividend-paying whole life insurance plan, how does that eliminate banks or need for credit from us? And our life. So, I'm not putting you on the spot. Yeah. I can help too. It's not just I'm not just well, interviewing you. So instead of storing the majority of our money in a bank, first of all, like we mm-hmm. have it in the policy. So like in that way, it kind of functions a bit like it's a place to store it. Like right. It. And all the benefits. Like I mean, so we've had a couple episodes where we talked about it, but like basically, then we become our own bank because it's our policy. So we don't right. need to take out. Ideally, we won't take out loans from a bank for a car or um, a down payment on a house. So we would use Mm -hmm. that to fund whatever we want. Right. Car, vacation. Right. So, I mean, just to get the conversation started, I guess. But Yeah. So, okay. So your need for credit. What do you need credit for? Well, to take a loan for credit cards, to purchase a house, to... Yeah, so those types of things, those are what you need credit for. So you've got your credit score. Our credit score is actually good right now because we pay everything off all right away. We never miss a payment. It just went down like 30 points because we started paying our rent with our credit card because it turns out the rewards are more than the fee. So whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But so our credit, well, 
Uh, since we're up front anyway, yeah, it went down from 788 to 758. So, which I don't know. So there's some there's some level of loan or there's some product out there that like there's a very small window that we just got eliminated from being able to uh, access because we decided to pay our rent through a credit card. So, you know, maybe now we can get a $25,000 loan instead of a $30,000 loan from a bank. Or, you know, maybe now if we're buying a car, maybe we can't get the upgrades we want or something like that. That's how typically we would be affected if you're if we're a typical consumer, that's what it would mean. It would mean, "Oh, okay, so we'll have to pay our monthly rent from our bank account instead of from our uh, from our credit card." So the implication would be we miss out on like $3.50 of bonus rewards from our credit card every month to keep our credit the same. So we lose out one way or the other. But if you take credit score out of the equation, we get the bonus of the benefits without really giving a shit about our credit rating. Because, I mean, we're not at the point yet where we can finance a house or like finance everything we would ever need, but we're getting there. So it matters less and less to us Um, because we can right now, we can finance, you know, both of our cars are probably, they're at the end of their life cycle. So we'll finance both of our cars from our life insurance policies. I'd really, ideally, when we're at the point where we're going to buy another house, I'd love to finance that. That's my yeah my dream. So then our mortgage is paying ourselves back. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Because, I don't know if you remember, yeah, when we bought our house, we bought it. I, maybe we even mentioned it on here recently. I don't remember. But, like, we bought our house for, like, $68,000, I think, back back in the day when you could buy housing affordably and then the like the back page where we're signing it's like total loan amount one hundred and sixty thousand dollars he's like oh and the the agent who was sitting there was like oh don't worry about that that's just how much you're gonna pay I'm like so and then and then it's well, like i mean just because it's like sticker shock she was basically being like that's that's like what you know accumulates with interest right over the 20 years right that you're paying this and just kind of gloss over it because I think I'm sure people are like, what? Yeah. Well, they should be like, what? Well, that's I what know. I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I know that's what you're saying. I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to paint the picture of, yeah. of her position. So, too. well, and that whole game is rigged anyway because you're paying like almost all interest for the first five years, which is the average length of time that someone lives in a house and then they sell it. So like your average house is sitting there being in the almost, in the almost entirely all interest rate perpetually if it's getting sold every five years where the bank is never losing any equity and they're holding they have a hundred percent leverage on the house and they get basically pure interest payments based on number like money that doesn't actually exist but right well exactly it's like they're getting all money on that they create out of thin air so right works great for them yeah it does doesn't work great for us though (laughs) um but so that's the function we're trying to take over that's that's the thing they say is that banking happens like banking is just putting money collecting it in a place and then using it when you need it that's that's financing that's banking and it happens in everybody's life and whoever is performing that function has the ability to profit off of it so you can give that profit to chase or wells fargo you can give it to Visa or you can give it 
you can keep it under your control. So, so yes, we are, we're not there yet. I mean, our credit matters somewhat, especially because our business is young. And like, if we were to move to a new place and we have like inconsistent income and things like that, credit might play a part of it and things like that. But over time, I'd say in the next, I mean, it is almost obsolete already to us, really, for what mm-hmm. we do. So, I mean, at the point where we can finance anything we want in our life, then our credit score doesn't matter. Right. At all. So, by taking over the banking function of our own life, we're eliminating the need for credit. And then, so next, by our land business and building income off of that and slowly growing our passive income over time and replacing our income that used to come from employers we're eliminating our need for an employer Mm -hmm. and so that has further implications too so i mean okay need need for credit is one thing and then uh, that encompasses a whole lot of other things that we were just talking about so what what does that really mean having no need for an employer what does that mean to you well okay so it means being our own boss and like Mm -hmm. not needing to like well, controlling our time, maybe, right. I guess, so yeah. like, which has a lot of other implications, like not needing to request time off and like mm-hmm. not like, oh, we're going to throw you two whole weeks right. of time off. Like, right. And, um, yeah, two whole weeks that you can choose to do with, with whatever you want with yeah. your life. So, I mean, and then, you know, the list kind of can go on from there as far as like spending time with family and all of that. Right. So time yeah, control. People, yeah and so basically at the point where we have replaced our salaries that's the other thing is it's that means financial independence and as this business as our land business continues to grow what financial independence means continues to grow too because we're going to gain other types of independence like i mean with our business we can travel and do it so we'll have spatial independence or however you want to say that i mean we're not tethered Right. And I'm not sure if I can think of the exact phrasing, but like creating a job or creating a life where you get to spend or where you get to choose how you spend your time, where you spend your time and who you spend it with, which is like, bam. Yeah. Amazing. Totally. So any other mean wake up when you want, go to sleep when you want, like I can... I do what I want. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever. But, and then as we also start to delegate more and automate a little bit more, which is like one of the main parts of this business I like to begin with. I, I don't do nearly as much as that as I should. That's probably like my main critique of our own business right now is I do too much stuff by hand and by myself. Um, even though there's not that much to do right now, especially cause we're, we just sold all our land, but, but as we start to do that, then even even what we just said gets cranked up to the next level as far as like, like we might have like, we can take two weeks and not even think about our business or whatever, you know, like that's that's in the cards. That's a possibility. Um, it's not right now, but it is right. in the, the not too distant future. But and then so slowly over time, eliminating our need for credit and eliminating our need for an employer and how the two systems feed into each other. Well, so they're both they're both slow starters. Neither one's get rich quick, neither one does it overnight. Like they take time. I mean, if you've got 
a million dollars in capital laying around that's not locked up in an IRA or something that you're not able to touch, okay, you can speed up the process quite a bit. If you've already got a million dollars laying around, you're probably already close to financially independent as well. But but for us anyway, starting with where we were financially, like I think the most we ever made in a year combined was maybe close to 80000 I don't know if we ever surpassed that or not. Yeah, yeah that's um, right. So that was at our max. I think we did su- surpass that. Did we? It's possible. Yeah. But I don't think we surpassed 90. No, I know we didn't. So. Yeah. Um, pretty sure. And of course, 80. that's the number on paper. That's not what we actually got paid because right. we all know why. Right. But. Um, Dirty word. <laughs> T yeah. word. The T word. Yes, exactly. But so they're both so nelson nash talks about building a headwind which is he's kind of referring to like interest and taxes okay so interest he talks about how average person pays like 34 percent of their income out back toward tax or to um interest which is typically through a bank but you can pay at other places as well and then taxes and interest are your two biggest hurdles to creating financial wealth so the IBC basically tackles the interest one all by itself over time, but it's a slow process. So like the first the first year of your account or of your policy, when you're paying the money in, you're not going to have access to all of it right away. So like well, I'm, we're when paying, you're starting how we are, right? Like, yeah, yeah. N- or you can set it up where you have access to up to maybe like 70 or more percent of how much you're putting in but those from my understanding aren't as beneficial as beneficial down the road and i'm going to talk to my new advisor ryan griggs on tuesday about that a little bit because i'm contemplating well we're going to be starting our third policy on myself here soon and i am figuring out if i should do high access to capital right away or low access and that's a little bit maybe in the a little bit too complex to talk about on this episode right now, but but so yeah, when you start a policy, you're gonna have access to like maybe we had less access to maybe like forty percent of the cash we were putting in at first or something like that, and we just hit year three, and maybe we're I mean it still seems like we have access to a low percent, so but over time it's gonna grow and grow, and we'll have access to more and more, and we'll eventually have access to more than we're putting in and then past that point we'll eventually have access to more than we've ever put in so i don't know those years for our account and that varies account to account depending on how it's set up but so slowly over time that's going to create a headwind so right now we're like in the in the period of things where like we're putting more money in than we're getting access to so it's like we're in the slow slog at the beginning of the of the fight kind of thing and land is the same yeah. way the we, building block process <laughs> yeah the foundation yeah and then the land, land yeah. is the same way so like we're buying land with our own cash up front and then a lot of them i mean we sell as many as we can for cash but the, a lot of them we sell on terms which means you know we bought this property for twelve hundred dollars and we sold it for five thousand but we're only getting a hundred dollars a month so over time We'll make a lot of money on it, but like right now, it's twelve hundred dollars out of our bank account and a hundred dollars in a month. Of course, there's a down payment and things like that too. But, but so the money, like 
we're close right now to breaking even on money out money in but still i think we might be like fourteen thousand dollars negative or something total for every penny we've ever spent and brought in but you know of course that's offset by all our outstanding contracts and remaining properties and things like that but so at over time i know we've talked about this on our land episode as we build up those contracts over like like i said since we were doing so many four-year contracts over that four years it'll grow and grow and grow and then at that point our what what i mean our monthly cash flow will grow and grow and grow at which point i hope that would be more than what our combined salary was at the peak of our earning and so then what's going to happen is we're going to have excess money and what do we do with money anytime we have excess money new account new policy new account or pay pay back loans first oh yeah so we pay off our policy but the the answer is ibc so whenever we get to the point where we have an abundance of money we have expendable cash it's either going in to an existing account or if we've got too much to put in there then that means new account and what's all that money doing in there when we leave it in there or even if we borrow against it growing it's growing growing so every dollar that we have that we're using ibc that we've we've loaned against is is doing two jobs for us as well so any dollar that's in our ibc account that we've borrowed is both earning a compounding uninterrupted four percent and if we put it into our business it's also doubling there so that's way more than my checking account <laughs> or my savings account. Your checking is account is zero, That's I'm sure. And Sorry, well, yeah. my savings account, whatever. Yeah. So, no, sometimes, you know, they give you a little couple pennies, throw a couple pennies your way. Yeah, an, but, an eighth um, of a percent or something yeah. like that. Yeah, but no, it's way more than. But also, like, well, anyway, yeah, yeah. So, the way they feed into each other then is we've got as much as our money as possible in our IBC account. We borrow that money. It continues to grow as we have it borrowed. We buy land with that. That makes us a profit. Whether we pay it back quickly on a cash sale or slowly on a term sale, goes back to pay the account, which continues to grow and multiply itself. And by the time we have that paid off, then now we've got this extra money that can start a new account if we want, or it can over well i don't want to say overfund but can go back into existing accounts over and above like what the normal payment is so and once we've paid it back once we paid back the loan then it still has continued to grow over that time so it's growing in both places and the quicker we can go back and forth between both places the faster it'll grow so the faster i can borrow buy a property sell it put it back do it again the quicker our net worth is going to continue to grow, the quicker we'll be able to get more policies, etc. That's rich. That's rich. We're rich. Not yet, but <laughs> I don't know. Did I explain that really well or was it a little confusing? Yeah, no, I think so. I don't know. So every dollar that's in our IBC account is growing. Every dollar that's borrowed against our IBC account that goes also into our land business is also growing. Right. Well, yeah, I mean... I feel and like what you want to emphasize is that you're putting it into another asset too. Like, cause right. so we'll, we're not paying our bills we'll, with that shit. We'll borrow money 
to buy a car, but that's not an asset. You, what right. you're talking about and hopefully, you know, the whole point of shedding light on is that yeah. you're using it to fund our business model, which also makes us money. Right. Too. Like, so we'll use it for like buying bigger things that we would normally use credit for. Right. That's, that we don't have to. So that's nice. But that's on like, top of it. Yes. So you can use the two things you should use your IPC account for is for creating money and saving money. Buying a car with it saves you money because you pay that interest to yourself instead of a bank. Buying land makes us money because we're generating profit. So, and I prefer profit over savings personally. Right. Because you can only save so much. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, to me, it makes sense. Yeah. But Hopefully I'm it also makes sense a little bit more entrenched in it. That's true. Than the average Joe. You're, uh, you're an expert. <laughs> but, so I don't know. Was that a cohesive episode or did it meander around too much no this probably meandered the least there was no tangent or anything what are you talking about good i don't know well to me it was like a singular idea but we also talked about the dvd and credit and our jobs and all goes together it does it does and i don't think i even i don't think i even fully saw how beautifully ibc and the land business meshed when we started I'm very lucky well, that way. No, I mean, I remember when you were trying to set it up and you were explaining to the person that created our policy and like, mm-hmm. like, okay, I have also this land business. I'm like, does it make sense to do like, is there kind of a connection there? Like, yeah. And then lo and behold, well, he had never heard of, had no, no idea what, the, what I was right. talking about with the land business. Right. And now he's, Learning all about that. Like, so yeah. you made that connection. Mm-hmm. So, and then the land person that we... <laughs> We've said their names on here. We can right. just say yeah, it. Mark, so Mark Podolsky. Mark Podolsky and Russ Morgan yeah, are now so working together. Yeah, they're not I working together. I think I together. can say that. I don't think there's any reason I couldn't say that. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we don't know, like, definitively, but at least, like, you, you've talked to them and they've talked about it. Or, yeah. Well, Russ No, they're has. doing it. Okay. They, they've done yeah. it. And yeah. we were in, we had learned about IBC and mm-hmm. went to a boot camp <laughs> mm-hmm. where we were getting sold on some other type of thing. And we're like, hmm, this doesn't seem quite as right effective. It, right. I wonder if Mark knows about IBC. Right. So in both cases, we were like, yeah, I wonder if the land geek knows about IBC. And then mm-hmm. over here with IBC, we're like, yeah, I wonder if they know about the land business. Yeah. Yeah. And now they work together. (laughs) That is all you know. I'm not taking all the credit for it, but they do work together now. I'll take a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's good. I mean, I think highly of both Mark and Russ and for both of them to see the value in the other thing I was doing confirms to me on some level that I'm making some good choices with my money. And I would, I mean, I'm sure they're both in pretty enviable financial situations so for them both to be where they are and the development of that and to see the value of both the land business and ibc is it validating it's a little validating sure yeah yeah well because we haven't seen this come to fruition with any of our close friends or anything which i mean not Mm. not that we're even really wanting that per se but like i feel like it's validating yeah for for them to pursue a working relationship with each other mm-hmm. because we love it so much and we want to talk about it with our friends and family and stuff like that. But yeah. like 
obviously to each their own and like how how long of a conversation can you have with friends and family about life insurance <laughs> right right i mean well i mean that's how they, they don't have they a choice of it, in yeah. the matter like right. if, if we can just ramble on but but yeah so yeah no i i don't know if i told you that but i'll always like think that you made that connection between those two I'd like to think and I had something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my ego. It is. I, I know. And maybe, yeah. but it's really, it's and to I wish help them people. The best, it's course. not like, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. like, it's all what because we're doing. we just love our people. And like, so we did have some friends over and like, we talked about it a little bit with them. Mm-hmm. And it was probably one of the more in-depth conversations that we've been able to have because they're just very open-minded and it's really just because we want the best for them because we love our friends and like mm-hmm. yeah we don't get anything out of it yeah. other than like no we just like love i said it. maybe some validation or something but yeah that's not the main reason we do it yeah no it's like there's no kickbacks there it's just oh, like yeah. you should try this awesome thing because we love it and it's we're saving making us making the world a better place starting with <laughs> our friends and family so anyway we're heroes really if you think about it and that's not your ego talking. <laughs> that was me being facetious. I know. Okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, they're yeah. both really like beautiful, elegant systems that we've we're still working to connect as best mm. as we can and have them be mm-hmm. as efficient. And that's not as to possible. say that it's the perfect solution for everybody, of course. Oh no. I mean, yeah, if you have whatever other asset you want to put it into, it's yeah. just, I think no, it's IBC the idea is, yeah, you need to do that. IBC, you need <laughs> to do. And then pairing it with an asset. Right. Or something that, you know, gets you profit is really, I think, where the. Right. Or just your business. If you already out. have a business or you're thinking of doing a business. I mean, I was thinking about it. Yeah, our business, it would, I, it would not exist, I don't think, without IBC. I don't think, I mean, okay maybe maybe we would have bought like a handful of properties or something like because if we had taken a loan out we would have been delinquent on payments multiple times like who knows could have bankrupted us or something i don't know like not that we're whatever but like or you know if we didn't have our own money like me having never done a deal how am i gonna find a financier to this guy who just heard about some land thing on a podcast like how am i gonna get connected with someone like you know what i mean so yeah if we would tried to fund it through left our money in iras never started ibc took a loan from a bank to fund our business it probably would be out of business now like we could be bankrupt it's possible like if i if i took the same risks that i was risks quote unquote that i was taking now that we took like put all that money where I did as fast as I did. Well, yeah, we could be, we could be done financially. Ugh. Yeah. So um, I don't know, but the movie was good. I don't know if you want to circle back to that at all where we started. Or it's a good place to yeah. start. Yeah. The well, only the thing book the book is always the place to start, yeah. but it's yeah, I a guess great start with the book. Yeah. The only thing what? Well, so I was just trying to think back on like if it goes through and really lays out like what is an IBC account like I don't know if they're as forward and like just kind of explaining that do you think they cover that I think they do as much as you need to know from that yes I think they do cover it pretty well okay they cover why you need a mutual company they cover yeah that's true okay yeah yeah just I digress yeah read the book watch the movie 
good place to start. Only cost you forty bucks, and that's we'll forty bucks you'll ever spend. <laughs> uh, no kickbacks. We're not like. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. This is uh, not a sponsored ad. Nope. We just, we just believe in it. We love them that much. So, anyway. All right. Hope everybody's staying safe out there. And peaceful. And free. Stay free. <laughs> we will talk to you. I think we'll do two episodes this week, so we'll talk to you in a few days. Thanks for listening to When Can I Quit My Job? Please remember to support the show by visiting com and clicking the Patreon and Amazon links. Also, subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tell your friends about us. Liz and Noah are not financial or legal advisors, and all information given on this podcast should be consumed for entertainment purposes only.